0: Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a video and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Today, I'm honored and privileged to welcome a friend, a very, very well-known and experienced engineer, and a fellow board member of the YPO EIS, Andy Chen from Taiwan. Andy, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thank you very much, Ashdash. It's a
0: pleasure to be with you today. Thank you. Uh, Andy is the founding managing partner of Reds Capital. He is the president and CEO of Catronic Enterprise. He's the president of IEEE Technology and Engineering Management Society. And he's the former CTO of Canada's largest electricity generator. So, Andy, what would you say are three key milestones in your life or your career? Oh, okay. Okay.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess we can start from when I was really young. Um, when I was young, I was diagnosed with scoliosis mm-hmm. and uh, it required some back surgeries. And the surgery, I was in Taiwan and surgery wasn't didn't go that well first time. Mm-hmm. Then fortunately enough, I was able to go to the state uh, around age of 12. Uh, so I changed my complete environment at age of 12. Um, and after surgery, I decided to stay in in North America, my parents decided, let me stay in America. So it's a big change in my life to go from one environment to the other at the age of 12, 13. And, and there was a lot of things that like, I learned uh, quickly to adapt to the environment. And then the next uh, things comes around is when I uh, finished my universities, uh, well, actually, my high school, uh, first university in Southern California, then. Uh, my parents asked me to join them in Canada. So I flew out to Canada, and that's where I, I think, uh, uh, started my uh, different aspect of of a country cultures. Uh, And that I also adopt quite a bit. Uh, And fortunately enough, uh, I decided to stay in Canada for for most of my life. And uh, when I graduated from University of Waterloo in engineering, it was a great opportunity to I got into night job offers mm-hmm. and as well, uh, I get to pick almost the top company that I could work with. Sure. Uh, I was going to work with a, a medium sized uh, manufacturer, computer manufacturer company in Boston. But it, at the end, uh, I ended up working for the power company because of some of the complications in the uh, immigration, working visas, all that stuff in interstate. So, yeah, and I was really fortunate to have a really lasting career with um, one biggest company uh, in Canada uh, and moving from different roles. Throughout the 30 year careers, I moved about six promotions to go from a junior engineer to the CTO, which is only reporting to the president. So okay. that was kind of my quick journey career wise. I'm sure I can tell you a lot more about the other <laughs> changing oh, We'll talk life. about it,
0: we'll talk about it. Thank you, that, that's amazing milestones. So let's talk about, you know, your three-decade uh, career with uh, Canada's largest electricity generator. This is OPG, right?
1: Right. It's called Ontario Power Generations. Yeah. And, and, that, and, and as I indicated to you that um, I started there as I finished my university. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started with junior engineering and training. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you kind of like there's about 150 of us. Uh, they hire at one time. Wow. And then, and then we all put through training, training school, uh, for two years mm-hmm. before you get placed permanently into an organization. Uh, mind you, the Ontario Hydro at the time, it's an integrated utility, which means that it has generations, year transmissions, and it also has the, what we call the power market, the mm-hmm. energy market. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of all combined into the one.
0: Okay.
1: So, uh, um, and, uh, so, the company at one point has about twenty thousand employees, mm-hmm. uh, so fifteen one hundred fifty, and mostly engineers uh, for uh, for power company because of the electricity. Uh, so that's uh, that's when I started and uh, going through my careers. And what I the company went through quite a bit of evolution, like every other major company. Mm-hmm. It's a crown corporation, so it tied to the government. Every four years we have elections on the premier. Okay. Once election comes in, the new management comes in, okay. and the new infrastructure comes in. So every almost every four years and thirty years of uh, my career, there is a transition, uh, and so I learned to how to cope and 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 take advantage of those transitions. Mm-hmm. Sure enough, the six uh, the 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 six or seven times of uh, transitions, mm-hmm. every single time I got a promotion. Exactly. So so it, so did, change is good.
0: So did you happen to know the new premier every time?
1: No, no. Actually, <laughs> I, I have a sequence. I have a secret that I have to I have to share with you. <laughs> so my 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 seventh uh, my my actually the the seventh transition was the retirement, and that's the best transition <laughs> of all, right? I agree with you. I
0: agree. I mean, you know we all look forward to the stage where we say, okay, I've, we've given back enough. Now it's time for me my, and myself. And I'm at the same stage myself now.
1: Exactly. And, I'm exactly. and you know what, what the funny thing was, uh, I was, um, I was a CTO for, uh, the power generation company. Mm-hmm. Uh, it went through a, uh, what I could call, they call it decentralized or, 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 um, Privatizations, mm-hmm. so it sells out arms of uh, their power to different, different company. Mm-hmm. So it, it divided into a generations, transmissions, and energy markets. So it turned out three entities. And Ontario Power Generation is the biggest one, which generate all the power, right? Mm-hmm. So we retain about twelve thousand employees wow. uh, at that point, right? And and uh, you know, at, at what stage did OPG get into nuclear power? Well, opg uh, start nuclear power in 1970 okay when the when, when the when the power starts out i think it you know the the construction the engineering design it probably i would say started 60 okay or maybe even early 60s uh the first reactors in place is about 1972 okay. 71, 72 and what uh, what
0: percentage of uh, opg would be say nuclear
1: Okay, so they're they're above uh, at one point, now they change a bit now, but Mm -hmm. uh, let's say 10 years ago, uh, when I was in charge of the power grid uh, generations, Mm -hmm. there is almost equally one third, one third, one third. Mm -hmm. Okay, now the one third is uh, hydro. Mm -hmm. In in Canada, we have, uh, in Ontario, we have a huge lake. Okay. Lake Ontario, yeah. big body of waters, and and we have the biggest waterfalls, mm. Niagara Falls. I know. So we have g- plenty of power generations around us, sustaining us. Mm. Uh, and then thirty uh, percent would be burning coal, or thermal generations we call them, okay. and they come from you know burning coal, burning oil, or burning you know mm-hmm. gas, right? Mm-hmm. So, and then the last thirty three percent. Uh, is nuclear. Okay. We have we have three uh, large nuclear plants located strategically along the lake mm. uh, in Ontario. Wow, that's amazing! And you know, the whole world is now talking about
0: reducing dependence on nuclear. What is your uh, view of
1: nuclear energy in the world? It, it depends on who you talk to. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> now, it, it's a very political decision. I know. It's very very political decisions it's it's not so much of a um a a scientific decisions or economic decision Mm -hmm. it's a political decisions uh it's a it's a great political tool to get vote right right and if you could if you can read the will of the people Mm -hmm. you can use nuclear power to get elected Mm -hmm. as an issue so i need to pick issues so like there are many countries who's reducing their, their, uh, their nuclear dependencies, Mm -hmm. now generation, Germany's one of them, Uh, but, and there's a company that expanding like crazy, Mm China is one of them. Mm -hmm. So it it ended up all a lot of German technology, then got transferred to China. Okay. They actually got it, almost got it for free. It's amazing. Amazing. Mm. So as a result, I end up with a lot of consulting contract with China government Mm -hmm. that's expanding. Uh, In Europe, I think uh, I would say France is the most nuclear friendly Mm -hmm. of all the nations in France. And they have they are one of the manufacturers and and the major force is Russia as well. Russia has uh, generating uh, nuclear. So I wouldn't I would not say uh, uh, dependency on nuclear is being in. Uh, reduce. Mm-hmm. I think it 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 is shifting. People are shifting towards environmental impact, mm-hmm. looking for things that would save, things that are sustainable for the futures, right? And 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 that's when the, all the intellectual argument comes in, mm-hmm. which is more safe, mm-hmm. which is more sustainable, uh, which is you know technology wise. Mm-hmm.
0: So again, you know, just continuing, you know, I'm enjoying my conversation about, based on your incredible knowledge of energy. uh, What is your view on the renewable sources like solar, wind and, uh, solar and wind I guess?
1: Yeah, okay. Well, actually there's solar and wind and and tidal wave, right? And tidal wave. Yeah, tidal wave has been, it's a huge merge because it's the natural power okay. that actually could move things, right? The Im- Im- amazing power, like wind, right. it able to turn, right? So harnessing the, the tidal wave. Uh, and uh, so let me, uh, let me break down a little bit for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the bottom line, the, the most, the, the most critical issues for power, renewable power at this point, mm-hmm. the technologies mm-hmm. is the, what I call the reliability, okay? What happened is that it's great we could uh, have uh, a great, you know, solar source, mm-hmm. power. If there's no sun, there's no power. Correct. Same thing with the wind, mm-hmm. same thing with tidal wave. It's very much uh, environmental dependent. Mm-hmm. Not, you cannot control it. Right. You cannot say, so. you know, I need more power now. You cannot, you cannot do any more power now. So what end up doing, many many countries doing, is that for every kilowatt of your of your renewable energies, mm-hmm. you have a, another kilowatt of backup. I see. And guess where the backup power comes from? Mm-hmm. So economically, it's going to be uh, quite a bit of challenge mm-hmm. to reduce the power at the price. Okay. Even though if you say, you know, I, with the technology I can reduce it by 10, 20 percent. Mm-hmm. If you need the redundancies, you guys are paying another, you know, 80, 90 percent. So mm-hmm. it it is not a straight answer. So if I think really we we're all looking for the magical bullet, silver bullet, mm-hmm. but I don't think it's coming anytime soon. True. Cool. Now, one other thing that could really help out a lot of power generation issues. Mm-hmm. It's the storage issues. Okay. Right? I mean, to be honest with you, in Ontario, we generate so much power that we waste it, we don't use it in the peak time. Mm-hmm. We actually have to offload the energies, shut down the power plant because there's too much energy produced, not enough demand. But there's no place to store it. Mm-hmm. But when you need the energy, the peak time, well, you don't have enough mm-hmm. and you cannot supply anymore. So, that, that really, uh, if you would have a storage device where you can you can re- reserve mm-hmm. the power mm-hmm. and then supply it when you need it, that is a huge, 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 huge benefit to it. And I understand there's a
0: lot of research going on on storage of
1: uh, power and
0: that the quality has improved very significantly.
1: Yeah, in the recent year it has, it, it does has uh, some, uh, uh, but, it hasn't been commercially available mm-hmm. that scale. It it it's it's uh, it has still in the very infancy, mm-hmm. as far as I, I'm concerned, to get to the power storage that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Right? What we're talking about is powering thousands and thousands of houses. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not like it. It's not like so. There need to be a different strategies of how that's gonna work. Right?
0: Yeah. So tell me, you know, uh, before I move to Reds Capital in one minute,
1: can <laughs> you tell me, you know, there's a lot of
0: discussion that and a lot of papers I've read where they say that by 2030, 2035, uh, the cost of power will become zero because there'll be so much available. <laughs> I just wanted well, to get a lot of perception.
1: Well, it. Um, I think it's more a wish than it is a reality. Uh, 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 The cost of power, even if the cost of power is zero, Mm -hmm. the human cost is not zero. Mm -hmm. Our our, our nuclear electricity cost, the actual cost of producing the fuel, buying the fuel is is peanuts Mm -hmm. compared to the management you put it in. In the Mm -hmm. nuclear plant, the management, the resources, uh, and the maintenance, those are what driving up the cost. Okay. Now, if you look at just the course, say, okay, well, it's gonna be zero. Well, that's fine. Even if you give it out for free zero, you still have to manage, you still have to deploy and all that transmission isn't gonna be free. Mm-hmm. To get to your house is gonna be free unless it happen to grow to your house. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and now let's move on. Uh, you know, we've spent almost 15
0: minutes talking about uh, Power. I, think it's been, <laughs> I, I, um, loved,
1: I love. I love. I uh, love. I love this topic because you cannot, you know, you cannot live without water and power. I right? that That's, and, and 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 the impact is tremendous. If you look at what happened in Texas, just recently. Yeah. And if you look at what that is, it really it gives you a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, and, I was and, caught
0: and, several years ago in a high-rise building in Manhattan. When there was this big power grid failure, and I remember walking down some 45 or 46 st- floors because I had to rush to JFK to catch a flight, and my flight was canceled. So <laughs> I know what <laughs> lack of power can do. So, well, I,
1: I should I should tell you this. This is now you talked about it. I have a condos uh, in downtown Toronto, and mm-hmm. that's the largest, the tallest condos in, in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't own the whole thing. I own a piece of condo yeah, yeah, there, yeah. Uh-huh. but it's a it's a taller. It's a 70th story, mm-hmm. uh, and it's a tallest one. So I'm I'm on the board of directors for the whole condos, mm-hmm. and uh, the biggest issue we have is elevators. Wow, I tell you, when it goes out, it's 78 floors come down. <laughs> it goes up. So yeah, I I totally sympathize your yeah. your your pain.
0: Amazing. So, you know, what, what I'm, I'm just thinking, let's continue our conversation on energy today. Sure. And am talk about other that. subjects maybe some other time. So, <laughs> sure. you know, tell me now, you know, I see a big disparity in energy in the developed world and the developing world.
1: Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, how right. can
0: this imbalance be corrected? I mean, you know, like you were saying, there's, you had surplus power and you were shutting down power plants in Canada. Is there any technology available where you could possibly send the surplus power to South America, which is may have a shortage? I mean, I know you can't send it to Asia, where we have a lot big shortage.
1: Well, that's one strategy. Um, The other strategy is how do you have uh, them self-sustain, not rely on others, right? Um, So. Uh, sure enough, I got involved a lot in IEEE Foundations. IEEE Foundation is exactly doing what you're talking about. We have mm-hmm. what called the smart villages. Okay. Now, the smart villages is different project we do in a different part of the world, mm-hmm. India included, mm-hmm. developing countries, to help them uh, generate sustained electricity, mm-hmm. and and more important. It's the education and entrepreneurship part. Okay. And, and I, I, I'm actually on the board of actually smart villages. Mm-hmm. And we, the, the, the project that we have is very interesting. What we've done uh, to bring power to the places where there's no power mm-hmm. to actually educate the people and then to actually give them some motivations mm-hmm. and to light up their, their villages, to light up their you know, their home their educations. Uh, it's very rewarding. And, and I think that is the movement that I really encourage. And that's one of the things that I'm involved in naturally IEEE and the TAMT. And I think it is really to, to do what you just said, because I'm really passionate about having equal uh, accessibility, both in the power and in the connectivity, empowering the people to able to do transactions, to have the younger people in the less privileged area, to be have equal opportunities, I think those are huge, important cars mm. that that we need to solve. We need to work on that. So you know, for example,
0: uh, our prime minister in India has set a target of eight hundred G G gigawatts, I think, Gigawatt, of yeah. solar power by twenty twenty five or 2030. Uh, I think. And I think India is already making four hundred gigawatts. And what has happened is that the power price of solar has come down to less than three cents per unit. Right. Uh, What do you think uh, is going to be the impact of such cheap solar power on the other kind of power, which is much more expensive?
1: Well, you know that solar power is now, it really is, you're looking at the the cost, Uh short-term cost. But you also have to look at the long-term cost as well, right? Solar power is the most demanding on the real estate. Okay. You use a lot of real estate to generate very small proportional. Sure. I can I can power uh, almost one gigawatt, mm-hmm. which is which is the whole city of Toronto and neighbor Toronto mm-hmm. with one plant, which is mm-hmm. one, one small area yeah. with a nuclear plant. To do the equivalent things. You probably have to cover a thousand sometimes wide size wow. in order for it to cover that. So there is an environmental impact as well. Because yeah. wherever you solar plant, you can't grow anything. Correct. Right? Because it's going to cover up. It, mm-hmm. It's a huge area. And the great places is desert, maybe. I, I and the impact of that, I don't know. But then there is an impact. I wouldn't say it's free for that, but you're robbing on the environment to some extent.
0: Interesting. So now I'm going to move to the last segment of our conversation, Andy. On some questions for you personally, I know that I had wanted to talk to you about Red's Capital and Catronic, but I think we'll do that in another episode. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) So my question to you, which are some questions for you personally, is that you know, Andy, as you look back at life, a very, very successful career, you know, doing some amazing things now, so well networked from where you are today. What does success mean to Andy?
1: Uh, to me, success means happiness. Okay, uh, Happiness, uh, uh, feeling uh, relaxed, mm-hmm. feeling happy, uh, feeling positive, good around, around you, around the world mm-hmm. and the people you touch. That's, that's my All happiness. Right.
0: And uh, a follow-up question from that is who or what inspires you?
1: Well, there if I look at if I look in my life, mm-hmm. I think I can pinpoint about three or four people point. Mm-hmm. And those people point is really happen with somebody opening up my door, open up my mind. Mm-hmm. Somebody kind of uh, opened up a different doors and 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 letting me realizing what is possible mm-hmm. was out there, right? So, I mean, at a very young age, when I came to Canada, uh, United States, I made this fellow, a good friend of mine, a scholar, and he opens up my mind a lot and I started doing a lot of writing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually write a Chinese article, which I don't even know how to write now, but okay. it changed my life about intellectually, mm-hmm. about thinking differently, philosophy and um and and with uh are so some people i met who opened up so much opportunity for me mm. uh and and it really expanded my my reach and my potentials uh so that those are the key people that i think in my life and i can count less than a handful of them That's good. my last question now uh for you Andy, and this is for the thousands of
0: people who will watch a conversation you reached right to the top uh, in in a Canadian big uh, organization. What would your advice be to a young individual starting off on her or his career in the corporate world?
1: Well, the the I think the most important thing that I find in anything I do in green corporate world is the people. Mm-hmm. I think treating people. Respecting people the same way that you do to people you work for, Mm -hmm. the people you work with, and the people you work for you. Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing in your daily life. Mm -hmm. And and in my mind, I have a model that I want to make sure, and this is somebody taught me, one of my mentors told me, Mm -hmm. every time I spend time with you, with somebody, I want that person's to be better off after the sessions. They either know something or they feel better or they're feeling more uh, energetic mm-hmm. or they are lifting up their spirit. Uh, I think that's the only thing to strive for. So if I meet with you, I'll never to apart angry or so upset, all things, but trying to do, but you can do it every time. Mm-hmm. But my model is leave them a better place when you before the time they spend with you, and they would want to spend more time with you. Mm. If you make them better every time, the more people want to spend time with you. Oh, amazing, Andy! Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure speaking to
0: you. I've enjoyed the incredible amount of learning I've had on energy from
1: you today. And I'm sorry, if not,
0: I'm sorry we're not able to cover the other subjects, but <laughs> we will
1: cover them again. But sure. Thank you again. Thanks, actually This is very enjoyable, and I really enjoy that. And thanks for your patience, by the way. Just search for The Brand Called You.